please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. Hey, this is Corey. It's Martin and Mailman. It's Jesse T. It's your man Chandler. And I'm Young Leezy. And we're the Kind of Movie Critics. Uh, I, I, I always get stuck at this part, and I, I, I beg for one of y'all to save me. At the, yeah, we like watching you. <laughs> watching me fuck it all up. Yeah, it's like a trigger. Risk it all. Yeah, I mean, you're typically die. very poised, so seeing you shake is, is kind of fun. Oh, man. Well, that's I guess that's a compliment and a fuck you all, all in one sense. Just keeps me reminding you that you're human, that's all. Yeah, I am human. As fuck, but the realest human ever lived. So, uh... <laughs> until the robots fuck us up. Um, so, uh... A lot of shit has happened since last time we recorded in the universe and in the movie world. Um, a lot of trailers came out. Um, I, I think the the only one we talked about talking about was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Get through that real quick. I mean, where do we all stand on Quentin Tarantino? I like Quentin. I've never had a problem with Quentin yeah. in his movies. I love him. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I'm like very, very far in the positive corner. You too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The Hateful Eight wasn't. You gotta watch it when it comes. I out. actually yeah, like Hateful Eight. Makes. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I liked I, it. I, I, I didn't. It. I didn't love it really mm-hmm. either. But it was a. It was a good movie. Like it was just one of the. But it's. It's very one of his forgettable films in my opinion. I think like mm-hmm. Jackie Brown is my least favorite. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, one, that's one, one of my favorites. favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. That's one of my favorites. I think as well. Death Proof is the one where I was a little. Eh. I've actually oh, yeah. never seen that one. Oh, I know. Sorry. I'm trying to think. Of, is there one that I haven't seen that's Quentin? Uh, Have you seen uh, From Dusk Till Dawn? That is a piece yeah. of shit. Oh, yeah. That's, I thought that was Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> he Robert directed it, but Quentin wrote it. Oh, okay. Accent. And well, he's in it. He I actually thought that romance. was a fun movie. I it was that movie. terrible. Really? Mm. <laughs> I thought that was a fun movie, too. Yeah. It's, the, it's not the, good. It's B-Movie Camp. It's cool. It's nothing on Serial Mom. I've never seen Serial Mom. That's all bad. But yeah, now once upon a time, I was saying that whoever they got to play Bruce Lee looks fucking amazing. Yeah. He looks, sounds just like Bruce Lee to me. So That's like also probably the biggest laugh in the trailer. That, oh, yeah. that Brad Pitt response. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. I, I'm, I'm glad to see. I, I like Brad Pitt. And he, he's very underrated in my opinion. And he, he does like one movie every three years. You so feel like, like he's underrated for real? I think so. I think people don't give him enough respect. Maybe at this point in his career. Maybe. Yeah, I, he's I, just kind of out of the spotlight. He does a lot of producing. Now. He does. I, I mean, yeah. he he stepped out of the spotlight a couple years ago, but like, I mean, when he acts, I, I he really shines to me. And yeah. It's like he just doesn't do it that often. So I think people forget about him. They forget about Brad Pitt, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, he's a really good actor. Hashtag so. don't forget about Pitt. Yeah, 2019. I, I don't know. I don't think people forget about Pitt. You I think, think so? I think, I think he, just, he just doesn't have just to doesn't act do right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think people respect his body of work and understand how he got there. Yeah, you know, twelve year um, slave check. He don't. He's like, all right, yeah. I'll be all right. Don't <laughs> plan B, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plan B works. Like turned out to be his plan. Killing a. them softly, I thought was really dope. Really I liked, good. Yeah. I liked uh, the com- uh, the counselor. I really liked. Counselor Whoa, that's me. that's a uh, a hot take. That's like a very hated movie. Really? Yeah. I actually really like that movie. Well, that yeah. that movie is exactly what happens when you get a writer to direct the film. It's when Javier like, Bardem was talking about the lady wishing her vagina on the glass, like yeah. that was like, hilarious. I want to see it. I want to see like it looked like catfish. Very, <laughs> very unattractive. Yeah, I guess. I, I want to see what that looked like personally. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh. So something I wanted to mention, just because I never, we never, I talked about it, and none of y'all held me accountable to it. I talked about it during the Christmas time, how we were going to do a gift card, gift card, some sort of drawing or some shit like that. 
and I never did it Christmas time. It is official. Today we got two $25 gift certificates from Fandango.com that we're going to be giving away. And basically subscribe to our Instagram uh, at Kind of Movie Critics and our Twitter at Kind of Movie Crits. Uh, we probably won't post it to our Twitter, but definitely to our Instagram on how to be eligible to get one of these two gift certificates that I can't wait for us to give out because I just I like giving. I don't know about y'all, but I like giving. So, and y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm more a fan of receiving. <laughs> yeah, I bet. if I had to choose one, yeah, you, that'd be pretty cool. you have a rece- you have a receiving disposition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's not the first time I've heard that. Oh. <laughs> In the midst of receiving, he heard that. Um, all right, so let's jump straight into us, man. Let's get into it because we got a lot to fucking talk about. And um, I don't know about y'all. I went into this motherfucker happy as a bitch. I'm cursing all types of cursings <laughs> just because Never this mind was a how moment. Y'all feel. Yeah, I, March. I, I waited all 2018 for March of 2019. And um, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with what I got. Uh, I guess we we can start off with our synopsis from El Corey. Oh yeah, we haven't done with this so long. I forgot. I do the synopsis. 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 A family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. Yes. All right, man. Where do we start? Well, how did just getting out all up on the table? How did everybody feel about the film? At first, when I watched it, I was not disappointed, but I felt like there was a void missing. So you've seen it twice? No. Okay. I just sat on it. Okay. I just, I just sat on it and let it and let it process. Let it let it swiggle around. And um, at first, I, I I came out of it feeling a void. And I and I talked to a few people to try to articulate and try to understand why. And then I understood why. Once I got past that and really started dealing with what I thought the film was saying, I was like, I fucking love it. So and I saw it Friday, like super early Friday morning. So so what, like three days now mm-hmm. I've been sitting on it. So that was me. At first I felt the void and then I was like, yo, nah, this this was this was a great sophomore effort. I agree with you. I uh, I I left the theater. I, I enjoyed the film, and I, I tried not to go into it thinking about Get Out. I tried to just go with what I was presented, mm-hmm. and I had to I had to sit for a day or two and really think about it. And, and then I, I read a few articles about just what people's interpretations were, which I said I wasn't going to do, but then I ended up doing it anyways, and it helped. It actually helped me kind of get some things that I didn't think about and things like that. So I, I actually really enjoyed the film. Right. I, do I think Get Out is a stronger film? Yes, but I, I still think it's a good piece of work. You're right. exactly right. where I, where I am. I I was satisfied with it. Do I think it's good? Yes. I just don't think it's as good as Get Out. I did not enjoy it in the moment as much as I enjoyed Get Out. And I think <laughs> I'm going to say that word you hate to hear me say. It's the allegory. I don't feel like it is as strong as Get Out. It doesn't not work. It just doesn't work as well. Mm. The narrative makes sense. So it is a full allegory, yes. But the narrative was not nearly as interesting as the narrative in Get yeah. Out. There was, and, and you know, I've said to multiple people, a lot of the reason why fewer people, I think, enjoyed it, because some people are just like, they hated it. But <clears throat> I have seen wow. people say they hated it. Some people hated. said they hated it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would be like, like, it's whack, wow. I don't like it, it's stupid. The messaging in Get Out was very accessible to people. Um, whereas a lot of it, it 
Was, I'm sorry to cut you off. Accessible meaning like way more in your face accessible? No, that people were dialed into it and they could they could look at it and go, oh, this is what he's saying. He's saying this, oh, but this is what he's saying. It's, it's very presentable. presentable. Yeah, it's very yeah. palatable and presentable. Yeah, it right. is. It's, 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 it was more accessible to people in Get Out. Okay, gotcha. And so I think that because some of it was on the nose like it wasn't all left up to because the characters were giving signals that okay I'm getting what's going on here too whereas I feel like in this movie all of the messaging was symbolic I think I think this film too is also you need to think about it and come up with your own conclusions. I think you way need, more, yes. way more than <laughs> Get Out is very much this is what this movie is right. about. It draws here. a line. It draws a very very sharp line. Whereas I think this movie is very open to interpretation. And I just think when you once you enter full interpretation mode, people shut down. They, they if they don't get it, they just yeah. Because I saw a lot of people on my social media that were like, I hate this movie. This is stupid. I'm like, well, you didn't try to get it. You didn't try to think. And I think Get Out is very much presented to you as here's what this movie's about. I so. agree. I, I mean, I think he's definitely a lot more opaque with this one. Like, it, in the moment while watching the film, I couldn't decipher exactly what he was trying to say, like, yeah. socially. Um, I think that after I thought about it for a little while, I, I felt really positive about the movie. Yeah. But I do think if you're just following the literal narrative of the story – it falls apart in the third act. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. one scene in particular that kind of sends it over the edge for me. And we'll get into that later. Sure. I am known for saying things fall apart in the third act. Yeah, yeah. I think this one, it, yeah. not. I think the allegory gets very strong in the third act, but I think if you're just somebody who watches a movie for the literal plot, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I just see it. I think this movie is very much like Sativa or shrooms or an edible, where it's like you need the buddy system. I would never. <laughs> see you just named like mad references I probably never understand. Drugs. Yeah, drugs. mad drugs. Uh, it's like drugs. You want to have somebody there with you, so after the experience, you could talk it out. Like, yeah, oh. I think you got a process. Watch the movie, go home, don't talk about it. And they're just like, it's fucking stupid. Like mm. they don't have that person to spring off ideas. Like, did you get this? Did you get that part? Right. Well, and for me, when I first watched the movie, I liked it definitely. The second watch, I I mm. actually loved it because he it was very well directed. Like he put a lot of stuff in that movie, and he sees a lot of things right. that you wouldn't recognize because you're looking for the twist or you're looking for a metaphor. And that second watch, you really get to go through and see exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So I loved it. Well, I think okay. Well, no, that's what I was kind of uh, thinking to myself. Like, I feel like I needed to kind of watch it again because there was a lot of meaning. I f- felt like in the beginning, that very first scene where she's yeah. watching uh, the TV, and I was just wondering how that kind of like tied into everything. Like, when you rewatch it, do they kind of? No, well, they, that, well, that was a real thing. Yeah, hands across America is a real thing. Oh, okay. So, so, and I didn't know that because I had to Google, <laughs> but but it's a real thing, and um, apparently, I did get that all the movies that were sitting there, which I was paying attention to what was there, supposedly all the things that were going on there um, were like references to things that happened in the movie. Although I didn't see shit from Nightmare on Elm Street, but... Well, I thought the thing with the gloves. gloves. The, oh, yeah. the gloves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the gloves and the scissors. See, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, but um, I also thought the gloves were Michael Jackson. Right yeah, that's too. what I figured. Because <laughs> they only wear one. Only wore one glove. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought mm-hmm. the red the shirt, all the red stuff is like Michael Jackson yeah. thriller jacket. Mm-hmm. Right. I, 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 I think yeah. if you're thinking like this is 
what messages would a six-year-old girl find powerful in like yeah. 1986? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like Michael Jackson is Superman. For or sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did the scissors come from? Just while we're on that, because that's the oh, one I couldn't figure that. out. I had that was something that was I, I didn't watch any like interpretations of messaging, but just specific Easter eggs. And mm-hmm. he explained that, and he was saying that the the scissors are like two things that come together, and mm. they they don't work when they're not connected mm. that they mm. that they that they're they're two things that come together and their purpose is to cut things apart yeah and they're kind of like <laughs> mirrors oh. of each yeah that's yeah. cool mm-hmm. okay yeah. well i i didn't realize i didn't realize that the very first poster i don't know if y'all remember the first poster like the all white poster with like the black silhouettes turned to the side mm-hmm. that was like the ends they're, of the scissors yeah I didn't notice that oh. until mm. until the movie ended and I think I saw the, the, the new poster and it was somehow juxtaposed next to the old poster and I was like, holy shit, the messaging was all there the entire time. Did anyone else feel stupid that he gave us the theme in the fucking title? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Well, the, t- <laughs> the title's a triple entendre. Right. For sure. Um, and that to me, it's like, I feel like, I, I, I think I had the exact experience, Martin, that you were talking about where it's like, I was watching it waiting for all of the layering that we got out of get out that i didn't ingest it like properly when i was watching it i was watching for the hook and then when the hook never came i was like oh i mean it kind of came which did anybody i mean everybody did y'all guess that it was yes. switched around before yes. in like the yes. second scene yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, i was like yeah they switched yeah, yeah. they gave it away no, in the like, trailer and man. one of my friends was sitting there and he said something about the mom i was like that's not the mom that's the other chick they, like they flipped yeah and they the- flipped yeah and 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 I, I this is the one to, you know the trailer gave it away pretty bad actually um but it was still like a, a it was still a good surprise i, I don't think that was the end of there's a lot like, of people that didn't get it. So, yeah. I mean, the first watch, like, I was definitely in, like, a predominantly black movie theater. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't get it until the end or whatever. Right. So, I think it works both ways. Like, of course, I got it, but I'm not really mad that I got it easy because right. I knew other people didn't. Well, he doesn't treat it. He's careful with how he does the reveal because it's not, like... If you if you're ahead of the twist, it doesn't feel like he's acting like you're stupid. Yeah. Because yeah. then it just felt like the cathartic release that I had wanted the whole movie. Like, I was right. Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The real twist for me, honestly, was um, the white doppelganger family. Yeah, that was when things really changed. Yeah, that's when I was like, oh, shit, okay. Well, and then the whole, yeah, then I started wondering, like, well, does everyone have a doppelganger? Like, what's the global implication of this? And that that was very cool how it went Mm -hmm. that way. Yep, how it went that way. And it made it, once, once, and then too, once I saw them holding hands, like it made something else in the beginning make sense, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh!" And also, the Hands Across America T-shirt. That's the symbol. Uh, yeah, and they all wear. They, they were red little people right. on there too. Oh. So I think that might be another yeah, like literal that. reason why they wear red jumpsuits. Right. And then there's allegorical con- connections. Well, then you can too, make like to that's it. genius because how are you distinguishing someone's doppelganger from the actual person? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very easy way to do that and for them to be able to identify each other yeah now i can't attest to why they all wear like doc martin sandals from the 90s (laughs) (laughs) i don't have an explanation for that yeah or so let let me ask you guys man because y'all are way smarter than me why rabbits i can't figure that out either i thought it was an alice in wonderland reference oh damn it that's (laughs) glitch (laughs) (laughs) because the mirrors alice through the looking glass and everything on the other side of looking glass is backwards because my wife had said I went I went to go see it with my wife and she was like because 
she was like, don't rabbits like rabbits procreate Very pretty quickly. fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, pretty. Yeah. So, you know, obviously to feed a, pop, a growing population, if that's their only source I of protein. I just interpreted it as Alice in Wonderland, you know, down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, because they, I, I guess in Alice in Wonderland, there's the world above. and then The she world goes, below. Yes. And she, yeah. that's exactly what she does. Yeah. She follows the rabbit down yeah. the rabbit mm-hmm. hole. And oh, then the mirrors shit. are through the looking glass. Everything's Follow backwards. the white rabbit. That was right like there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix. Anything that has a rabbit. Hey, can we start over, guys? I want to act like I'm with you, though. I was So so are we the only two that didn't know that? No, you didn't know that, I didn't know that shit. Did I you know that? Yeah, I think uh, I think we had said we actually about talked that. about yeah, it because I was like, oh. I was like he I was like okay did you I asked because I asked Martin did he read and then mm. I was like what did we just watch and he was like well what did you see and that was the first thing I said I was like Alice in Wonderland shit oh. yeah I mean because even in my personal life I mean you know in in our work we've said things like oh you know don't go down that rabbit hole like right. I, you, I know what that means it means it's gonna go and rabbits live down a tunnel well yeah. one rabbits live down a tunnel but then also like Alice in Wonderland you go down that tunnel things are gonna get crazy like yeah. you know it's just I've always referenced I've always known as white rabbits in tunnels as a Alice in Wonderland things yeah. are gonna change or things are gonna get crazy or weird or all sorts of shit yeah. right. that's just always been a part of my cultural vernacular I guess right so, so underground couldn't have been too un, like underprivileged with a fucking escalator, right? That's <laughs> and it's like very clean down, there. very clean down there. <laughs> I was like, is this really what underprivileged looks like? This yeah. is kind of crazy. This is first world problem. Well, I think that that's. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, yeah, that's how privileged of... people view life or marginalized people. A lot of the times, is that it doesn't look that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh. I don't know if that's purposeful, but like, it's gotta be. You, what you just it. said is like, well, I mean, it looks, it, I mean, it looked hard to me, but, but it's kind of like, well, you have all this, then you should be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, 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 it looked like with a little bit of ingenuity, that could have been some cool living. <laughs> like, like, like a quick Ikea or something like that. It, it would have been I'm, a nice I mean, you're saying all the things space. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're right at the surface of this. I'm just going to dive in. Okay, uh, I think that when you have the monologue scene of red, like giving the exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one? when the movie, the, first or the second one, second one okay, in the classroom yeah. or whatever, that's when it falls apart uh, because yeah, the movie that. doesn't make literal sense anymore. I think that the, she gives just enough information to make you be like, oh, okay, so I'm supposed to like understand really what's happening here, but there's, then there's not enough. Mm-hmm. So let, let's be clear. You're talking about when they first come into the house. No, no, no. That one's fine. Talking. I like that one. That preserves all the mystery of the situation, and I don't feel like I needed to know anything further past that point. And then there's a second exposition. Uh, there's a second exposition dump underground. Uh-huh. Where when she, she's in the classroom talking to her about, I would never would have danced. And, yeah. yeah, and they're like, you know, somebody created us and, and left us down here. And, and I'm just like, well, what? Like... You're telling me, like, every American has a clone that lives underground? Right. And, like, they have... How do they know what we're doing up above? What is their life like? How are they, like, reenacting what we're doing in real time? Like, it just doesn't hold up. Yeah. It, it makes metaphorical sense, but the narrative stops. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I get what you're saying. And you start asking a whole bunch of questions, like, why are they down here? Why can't they just leave? And I feel like that's where it kind of fell apart from it, me as well. Exactly. I think they don't have agency. Like, Adelaide, the, uh, I guess, the... The like original yeah. tethered Adelaide, she was like the first one with some type of agency, mm. and that's how she was able to escape. The rest of them didn't have that until I guess the Adelaide's was switched. 
Well, I think too, like paying attention to what you just said, right? That makes a lot of other things make sense. If you notice, none of the other clones can speak in a way that the privileged people can understand. Right. And because sure. she was a privileged person, she they obviously can understand each other, right? Mm-hmm. But because she was a privileged person, she could talk. I file that all under the allegorical stuff, though. Like I, I, I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, it, it yeah makes, obviously, it but. makes logical sense, but like. I, that stuff is what I like about the movie. Mm-hmm. I just felt very frustrated about that, the narrative. Yeah, because I would say it's better to not have to not know anything at all than to tell me a little bit, because then it, then it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out and work well, out mean, the logistics. Once we once we entered into full art film metaphorical, I I, I just stop trying. But to he should yeah. just, <laughs> not, just don't have that scene in there and just yeah. let it be what it is. And we all have to guess at what it means mm-hmm. and what was really going on, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, which we of, have to do anyway. Right. But I mean, just being like, oh, it's a government plot or whatever. Like you feel it cheapened it. Yeah, I did. And it, especially because then there's no real. So answer. I, think, I think at a certain point, though, he's recognizing that it's not accessible. And maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's what that's for. To try to create some accessibility? Maybe, but if you're going to do it at all, you got to go all the way. I, I don't disagree. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like why he would do that. I mean, I think general audiences will really like stuff that makes sense. And I think that might be where a lot of the frustration is coming from with this movie. I was going to say that too, because mm. when you look back at a Get Out, I think you can watch that film and you can check out mentally from the message and still and watch. Still enjoy yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like still a pretty straightforward, a straightforward. Really well too. Yeah, it's right. a straightforward mm-hmm. horror. It can be a straightforward horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people enjoy that. They're like, oh, I got a good horror movie and I got a message with it too. Whereas this film, this is an art film in my opinion. Yeah. So like, when you, when the narrative doesn't make sense, your average viewer is confused yeah. and lost. And they're tuning out. At yeah, they're point. tuning out. They're like, what the fuck is this shit about? But so. to contrast with that, I think that what makes Peel's movies interesting is the tone. Like, we live in a time where, like, these art house horror films that are coming out, like, Hereditary, The Witch, It Comes at Night, like, those are very... It follows. Yeah, it follows. Well, It Follows has some levity. But these, for the most part, these are, like, very serious movies. They take themselves really seriously, and they treat the drama with a lot of gravitas. And Jordan Peele's making these movies that feel very throwback, like... To the mm-hmm. 80s, mm-hmm. sometimes to the 60s, to the yeah. 50s. He has this very classical tone that I think really appeals to people. So you don't see films like Hereditary making a ton of money at the box office. Right. But this movie, because I think it's more digestible. Well, I, th- I think, too, those movies are horror films first with a side order of messaging. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think Peel is doing the dance. I think it's a horror yeah. comedy. I think yeah. both of them are. Yeah. Well, okay, so and 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 I think we should address that too. This, you know, this movie opened up at seventy million at the box office, seventy point three, number one film, the best horror opening of all time. Is it or nah, no. original? I think it's original, like not based off yeah. another like I IP. Got you. I think it is still time. the uh, the remake to it. I think it's the Halloween, or like above it. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah, because it was like number three or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I feel like so. I don't think that's attributed to anything um, other than his brand. I think honestly, that's that's what gets us there to to, to seventy million is the brand I, of Jordan. I, that's a hundred percent. Well, I think Get Out I'm got saying. us there. Yeah. I think that it's a stronger film. Yeah. He's smart to release it first, and it doesn't matter what he does after this. Like I'm gonna go see it. Yeah, sure, sure. I think the the tone of his films being so firmly between horror and comedy 
it, it's kind of got crossover appeal. Like if you're somebody who doesn't really like horror films, you can probably watch Get Out and be okay, right? And yeah. still dig it. You agree, know, agree. But it's weird because I wouldn't place it in the same genre as like Shaun of the Dead or something. Like that. I would right. say that's like parody almost. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I I agree. I actually don't even know what to call his films. Like, because they're not, to me, they're not really horror. They're, like, more they're like psychological thrillers. thrillers. Yeah, they're, they're like thrillers, thrillers, but then they have this, there's this air about them that you know that it has, it's me, it's meant to provide you messages. I feel like. So there's this air of, like, I like people were scared in the theater when we saw it. I was like, yo, this movie isn't scary. Well, I It's think, not scary in any way. I think he deflates a lot of the tension with the humor. Well, yeah. On I, purpose. I think Martin used the term social political theater. Yeah. I mean, theater. Thriller. Because <laughs> yeah. even when I watched Get Out, I was like, I know I'm watching a message. Yeah. I know that. I'm watching a message f- really first. And it's a message that's wrapped in a in a classic, kind of a classic horror film. So it's like, I don't know. It, it changes how I look at the movie. It changes yeah. how I watch the film. I think so. that was a barrier between my enjoyment of, mm-hmm. of Get Out because I, I kind of felt like I couldn't just – settle in and, and enjoy the film i felt like i had to like okay what does this mean like what's he trying to say you're talking about when get out yeah oh, okay did you I go like, into it like after everyone else had seen it knowing that yeah. it was he- message heavy or did you um, just go into it like blind i think i saw get out like opening weekend i mean i knew that people thought it was very um you know very impactful and that there was a lot of stuff under the surface um but i i think i just I like stuff that's more viscerally like upsetting from my horror movies, and I think Get Out is like pretty tame. Um, so that this movie, I enjoyed more. I think that he's better at balancing tone in this one, a lot better than Get Out, because huh. um, I think this movie is really scary at some moments and then really funny at other moments, and that kept me really dialed in the whole time. So like, so like Scream, you mean like how that balance? Scream is like satire, though. Like I. This is not satire, you know what I mean? But it, is, but it has so much levity that most people will tell you Scream is funnier than it is scary. Yeah, and I think this is like equal parts of both. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, everyone had, there was a whole argument online for like a year about what genre Get Out was in and like what he was trying to do. And I'm not trying to like be a part of that argument. I'm just saying like, we're not going to argue with you. We yeah. called it genre bendering. bendering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if, if, if you haven't listened to our Get Out episodes, episode number eight, you should go back and listen after this one. Very informative, um, and, a, and a you know a great uh, pre prequel to this conversation. So in terms of so I all right, I made a statement that the the title of the film was the triple entendre. At least for you know for me it was us, meaning the literal characters, right? The mm-hmm. the, the family of four, the the Wilsons. Um, then us, the viewers, right, uh-huh. um, and and then us as in United States, right, right? U.S. the literal yeah, us. us. Yeah. Um, so th- does anybody else follow that same sentiment? Does anybody else sort of feel that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So messaging wise, what 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 do we feel like this? Like what? I know that the message wasn't as um as much of a a, a device as like Get Out was, you know, but. Obviously, there were still, there were, he was still trying to say something. I mean, I think he's commenting on the class system in this country. That's yeah, what I, that, if you're putting it broadly, right? That's what he. That's I, what I took from I it tend as well. to agree, and, and I think the, yeah. and I think it's like you said, class system, um, privilege versus mar- marginalization, mm-hmm. and then like I think the addition of the white family 
is the only real time where, in my mind, like race came up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the black family is privileged, but they are considerably less privileged than the white family. And then gender roles were different. Someone actually asked me, um, shout out to you. Um, someone asked me about <clears throat> what I thought about the husband and why he was so useless. And I was like, you know, black women are expected to save the day. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the gender roles were not the same. The dynamic was not the same in the white family, yeah. but it was the same in, in both black families that that black women were expected to were well, in, in the position of leadership and mm-hmm. protection. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about him making that assertion, but I'm not mad at black women, women winning. So whatever. <laughs> well, I see. I don't feel like he was trying to say that per se hmm? that I didn't feel like he was trying to say that per se. I think he was more so speaking to masculinity as opposed to speaking to femininity to me i thought i thought he was saying that like masculinity is sort of like it's useless in this particular situation right like Mm -hmm. like um um you know uh, winston obviously i mean the motherfucker's like six five yeah in real life right big towering you know but psychologically because they didn't really understand what the fuck i mean you're looking at yourself attacking yourself and it's it there's there's a whole psychological element that that I think paralyzes you. I would imagine in that particular moment. To is where that it's not? Like, but is that not true for black men as far as like gender relationships go in the United States? Is that not true? What do you mean? Is what not true? Is is it not true that black men may experience privilege associated with gender, but it doesn't look the same? You understand what I'm saying? And and what the power that black men experience with gender, how it affects them negatively at large in our society. You don't think that that's accurate? Um, I think that's different than what you were originally saying. Mm, how? Uh, um, okay. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to phrase it. One, I'm trying to gather everything that you're saying. What I'm, I'm, then, I did, I'm not two, saying that it's a commentary on, on, on the strength of black women. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, that's how it sounded like you were saying. No, originally. I'm saying expectations. That's different from okay. me saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But I think that Winston Duke's character tries to take the lead a lot in the movie mm-hmm. and that she has to be like, no, like you're, you know, toxic max- masculinity or whatever. That's not going to help in this situation. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think I. Th- that's how I interpret it. I am it. black and I am a woman and I interact with black men about like, feminism and and toxic masculinity but like there's there's that intersection right of you being a black man and so you are simultaneously and and even even there's different you can you can be simultaneously marginalized and privileged right we've we've had that conversation before so you may experience marginalization in this way and you may experience privilege in this way but it can still work against you you understand what i'm saying so so that being said like those are very real gender dynamics between black men and black women. And I don't know if it's a commentary on that. I'm not saying like, yeah, black women save the day and that's really awesome. I don't really know how I feel about that. That's a lot of fucking pressure. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, now I get you. I, I think get he you. said in like an interview though, there was more about like Winston Duke, he talked about how being about like toxic masculinity, how that wouldn't work in that situation. Yeah. Because she knew she had way more knowledge than him and she knew everything to do. Right. And if he would have just been like, 
oh, I'm a big black dude. I'm going to fuck people. Nah. Like, yeah. he, well, he tried. And it was, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was yeah. so one of the best surprises in the movie was how his character was just like a farce. Like every yeah. scene, <laughs> even though the scary quote unquote scenes are just jokes. It's I mean, sad too, though. I, I thought we, it was a great like flip flop of a horror trope. Like, yeah, I like that he like usually when somebody breaks their ankle, they're dead in like ten seconds. Yeah, and he, he just he keeps going. Well, and he gets a bat, and he that was like so smart to get the bat and use it as a crutch. The like, chase scene with like the white guy's doppelganger yeah. and him, and they're both like out of shape, like yeah. limping around <laughs> the whole yeah. time. It's so funny, man. Yeah. But I mean, what, what what were you? I mean, I don't, I don't think when you're saying like okay. He 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 can't do. He's useless. Like I think that that's purposeful. I think it's a commentary, and I think that if you're looking at it as um, the way that I'm interpreting it, as it's an examination and a commentary on the United States, if that's the black man's position within the United States as as what he's trying to portray, that is sad. It is actually sad. It's not funny. We're laughing at it, but it's not really funny. Mm-hmm. So. I just wasn't reading it on that level, but yeah. that's very, that's totally valid. Yeah, I, Again, I, I can see this is just me, right? You understand right, what I'm saying? Right. I'm saying it may be. I'm not yeah. in his head, but like, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to think along those lines of like, this is what I think the overarching theme is, then each one of these people's position when, within that theme like means something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. But that's the only time I really thought about race was like comparative. And I, and I like that they weren't, fighting against each other because yeah. I think realistically like the way that is happening there is the same thing here right because well, yeah because I found a lot of the things that he did I mean because I said useless but it was more so his strength was useless but when he started using wit and I felt like that's what you know that's the comparison like I, I think maybe um, but he still saved him. he still it. saved himself he, yeah 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 um and yeah, he did. It, but but again, it's like when he started to outsmart as opposed to outforce his doppelganger, it, things worked better in that in that favor. And I, I just feel like she was outsmarting the entire time as opposed to trying to outforce him. And to me, that's more of the commentary where it's I, like I, that's know, a that's a fair assessment too. I don't yeah. I don't I don't argue that. I think it's all purposeful. I don't think any of it is just like well, I'm gonna throw that in there and see if it sticks to the wall. The interaction between um, you know, the white woman trying to get saved. <laughs> right. It, all of it means something. That's also a commentary on gender and that the gender dynamic is different there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that really, just those particular instances was the only time I really saw race. I didn't mm-hmm. think, I didn't feel like the movie was about race specifically, mm-hmm. but race is a factor. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to race, I, I, I wasn't able to solidify my thoughts, but I thought it was interesting that if you if you say the tethered or the marginalized or the disenfranchised of the world, I thought it was interesting that on the black side, it was, you know, a fight and a battle throughout the whole film. Whereas the white, it was like the, the doppelganger, there was no fight. Like the white just, inst- they killed them instantly. Right. I just didn't know if he was trying to say something with that either, too. I don't know what, but I just thought... I don't I think thought, it was meant to be I, about them. I, I have <laughs> well, a thought on that. I have a yeah. thought on that, too. Yeah. I, hope, I hope ours is the same. Well, I'm... I think one of the major themes of the film is that if you're looking at uh, what was Lupita's character's name? Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide and Red. Okay, if you're looking at them, like Adelaide uh, is, you know, the, really the one that's fr- underground now. Mm-hmm. She leads this whole fight up above, 
because she had a taste of the good life and wants it back. And uh, Red, who, or, you know, whatever, the one that's above The marginalized ground, one. Who the real yeah. marginalized one. Right. She came from the bottom up to the top, and she doesn't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of the film was commenting on that, like that those are the people who really get it, who have flip-flopped mm. and seen both sides because yeah. they both seem to be the most clued in people. I'm, you know, I, I won't disagree with that, but I also think that it's a commentary on people's when it when when we talk about privilege and marginalization and equality, right? Some people view equality as a pie. So if you're getting a piece of it, you're taking a piece away from me. And so them flip flopping is just like a way to display that directly to say that if a person comes up from the bottom, then somebody up here has to suffer mm. and vice versa. I, I think those. I think what we just said can go together. I think it can be both those things. I, I think it can be too. Um, and I think. You know, on the topic of, you know, comparing oneself to what you could be if you were maybe a little less privileged, like going back to the Winston Duke thing, privileged Winston Duke is like, you know, shown as being like out of shape, kind of nerdy, weak in the face of danger. But his doppelganger is like the picture of masculinity. He stands, yeah, yeah, totally straight. He's got a different style of beard. He's got like a long, untrimmed, (laughs) grown-out beard. And it's just, I think it's just to show like what what happens to somebody who has privilege for a long time. Like maybe they don't even realize. You know, Winston Duke thinks he's this, you know, badass dad who's going to protect his family. But no, man, he's soft. I don't think he does. He I goes out there with the bat. I think yeah. I think he has to be. Scene, point I, think of that he, scene. I think he has to be in that moment, so he's trying to turn it on. But I don't know that he thinks of himself that way. I, I, I don't want to keep dwelling on race, but but you have to think about how black men are perceived, even within our own community, in terms of like who is stronger, who is who's going to win in that fight. Ultimately, he gets outsmarted, right? Mm-hmm. But. But, I don't know. The, but I think, I'm talking I'm not, about. I'm not negating your point. I'm just saying, like, there's another way to look at it. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I'm not in a position where I can, you know, pontificate about the place of black men in society. So that's why, why that's why I'm not doing that. Why I are mean, you not? Because I myself enjoy quite a bit of white privilege in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, you can observe. I, and and I there are black men in the room to correct you. And, you can you but you but you and I'm hey not, guys, I'm I don't not, want any trouble. Okay. <laughs> no, and I, I'm not a black man either. To be right. fair, I'm not a black man either. I, I was I was talking specifically about the scene when it's uh, the family versus their own doppelgangers mm-hmm. and and just comparing class in that case. You know, it, I'll be honest. Like when I watched the film, I couldn't figure out what he was trying to say about race, and I thought that the the point of like having the white family in there. I thought based on the trailer, the white family was going to be the villain somehow. Of course we did. And so that would have been too easy. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then so when that didn't happen and the white doppelgangers showed up, I thought, okay, this is Jordan Peele telling me, hey, you didn't know what this is about. It's about something totally different. Yeah. So redirect your attention. And that's how I took it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of stopped thinking about it racially at that point. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, I checked out. I mean, race is like, race as like um, a microcosm within privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, like when you talk about the levels right. of it, but the main theme for sure was was privilege to me. I kind of shut off my racial. Yeah. So, except for this point, I said to myself, I said, uh, I was like, man, the black doppelgangers were a little bit more compassionate. And it seems like only white real people died, like the upper mm. class. <laughs> I was like, when you look at all the bodies, I'm like, damn, there really wasn't no black casualties for real. Right. And I, it, but then I thought he was doing that more just because of a horror trope of like, the black people always die in horror movies, 
you know, sort of thing. So I thought it was just sort of like an inverse of that, where it's like the, you know, the actual, the the protagonist black family lived. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I I thought of race in that way, but I thought of it outside of what the movie was right. actually trying to say, and more what, you know, Jordan just making his contribution to the inverse. Well, I think, ratio of what we see in horror film. I think you can't you can't have a conversation about marginalization without talking about the ways people are marginalized. Yeah. So again, like you just said, it's a part of it, but it's not that's not the that's thing not you're the really point. supposed to be paying attention right, right, to. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> um, damn, you said something, Chandler, that I wanted to go back to, and I, I really can't remember what it was. Um, so Abraham, right? So uh, um, uh, Winston Duke's stop the red. Yeah. Winston, was he blind, or was it like he I had, think he, he just like had never had the same, Yeah, he has the same exact affliction as like uh, as Winston Duke. So basically, he he spent thirty or forty years of his life without glasses, not being able to see. Yeah. So finally, gets to so that's healthcare. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> speaking of healthcare, yeah. that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. actually. and I, I actually I thought that was yeah. a great visual gag too. Like this very imposing guy, yeah. like trying to focus, like in the <laughs> yeah. middle of a fight. I thought that was like really good. But you could yeah. see that with like all the doppelganger. Like they all have a scene or they all have an action where they're just trying to latch on to some part of humanity that they never had access to. Like right. the girls finally being able to like do flips in their room and stuff. We saw them doing flips earlier or the uh, um, Elizabeth Moss trying to do like the, the uh, plastic surgery on her face and finally getting ma- lipstick. Oh, like, she I didn't never put had that lipstick. together. Yeah, it's like all these people and like even uh, the daughter or whatever where she's like stretches, like she finally gets to stretch and run just like her uh, her upside has been doing this entire time. And I so oh, so to that point, I thought the scene where the the young doppelganger dies like drives the point home that like they can do the exact same things and there are way different consequences for what they're doing. Mm. So like they he was he was doing the exact same thing as the other boy and he died and the other boy was fine. Right. So like pri- yeah. privileged people and marginalized people don't have the same consequences for their actions. Ooh, That's smart. I that like that. Good. That was a good one. So do you? think like if uh somebody on the surface like takes a cross-country flight underground there's like just somebody in red like just booking it apparently no but there is somebody that's breathing in toxic fumes to throw their bags on the plane yeah, yeah. wow yeah, yeah. yeah. There is. i'm not gonna lie that the whole underground thing wasn't well thought out you know like i i, I respected it for what it was but it just wasn't well thought out you know when you see them on the top side of things and then on top of that, I'm like, you know, how does this, when we start talking about inverse, like, is this supposed to work like this? Or are they supposed to be like on the East Coast and this is happening? You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if you take this and you flip it around, they're supposed <laughs> to be on the other side, right? Like, you know, it's just just the way it worked out. The coordinates are mad funny underneath ground. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you know, trying to have a movie speak on a mostly allegorical level mm-hmm. like uh darren aronofsky's mother does that i hate I like. that movie i i, like I love so that much. movie yeah, yeah I like but movie so well much. and regardless of whether you like it or hate it he commits in that movie to it not making literal sense he it only makes like sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you have to you can't sometimes these movies you, you gotta go you gotta go 
Yeah, these movies, the right? What's up yeah. with these movies? <laughs> these, I mean, this if, art you're go, if you're gonna go artsy, you gotta go full art. Yeah, like, you right. Know. And I, and I think that's like a, an example of this same kind of principle applied well, for better or worse. Look, look, or what's? Real, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Before we go, to, I just want to stay on that for a second. So, in terms of mother, did you ever see Lars Van Trier's um, uh, nah. Antichrist? Not with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, no, nah, I ain't saw, seen it. Okay, because. Never mind. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that off mic. But I, I see a very similar parallel in, in their messaging. Some some sad baby stuff happening in both movies, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. But all right. So what back, movie back to that, that I got a vibe from? Um, Hold the dark. Oh. To me, like in terms of you know maybe style of film. Okay. You know that it's true art it's true you know allegory like the literal stuff just isn't gonna make any sense yeah i you know? i didn't enjoy that movie very much and then i <laughs> talked to i talked to treasy afterward and he laid out all yeah. the stuff that i had well, missed I and to, i was I like oh that makes way more sense yeah. i wouldn't hold the dark is amazing because <laughs> like yeah. i never got there <laughs> yeah I, I do admit i i don't like it when you watch a movie and you're like oh okay i i thought i was in for something and i'm not and then you have to mentally say how do i interpret this film so it's like hold the dark or uh what's the movie with the remember the fashion movie that uh Fashion. That was Bessaw. No, she, eats, <laughs> she remember she eats the eyeball at the end. Oh, oh neon, neon demon. demon. Yeah, like yeah, a neon yeah. demon. Like, yeah. and I think that's what I get mad. What did at you think I, you were signing up for there? What, neon demon. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I'm okay with neon demon. <laughs> I, I just no 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 no. That's not what I'm asking you. You're yeah. saying you you show up for a movie and then you get something else. What did you think you were signing up for there? No no no. In terms of style, that shit looked fucking weird. <laughs> style <laughs> and delivery. Okay. That you know there are some movies that are they. They act and sound and look like a real story, but they have messaging sprinkled in there. Yeah. Then there's movies that are true art films, and you are supposed to interpret this. It is not supposed to make sense. It is so not the narrative. The narrative should is not supposed to flow the way it's like, not supposed to flow, and you have to accept that. And that's mm -hmm. what I get mad when people online are like, "This movie sucked. It was stupid." It's like, well, you're supposed to look at it differently. You know, it's just marketed to the morons. It's not mm -hmm. accessible. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, do we think? Lupita Nyong'o made a very bold choice of performance in how she portrays Red with the voice. Right. And in my theater, people started laughing immediately. And when she started speaking? Yeah. Like as soon as she started talking, there was like uproars of laughter. Oh wow. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Nobody laughed in y'all screenings? Well, no, we had two yeah. great people behind us talking the entire yeah. shout time. Us, shout outs to the worst people in America. <laughs> um, they were not black people, by the way. They were not black. <laughs> we, went, we went and saw it at MacArthur Mall. At the White Mall. At the White Mall. <laughs> and these people were assholes. They talked the whole fucking time. And I was very annoyed. I was this close to pulling a Martin and getting up and leaving. I, look, I, the Corey was sitting next to me, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, Argh. "No, I was mad because like they Full just on they talked the whole time, the whole time. They did the classic run, bitch. What are you doing? Whoa. Oh hell no, that's crazy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Actually, wow. my first screening, like of course it was a lady who was kind of annoying, but it kind of added to the film in a way because uh there was this one shot where the daughter like the tethered daughter it's like she's turning around they see her and like the headlights are on her mm -hmm. and it's like a close-up and this old lady was like that bitch got a fucked up lace front <laughs> so Yo, she did that's hilarious so realized, like, that she was, was lit in a way that made her look lighter skinned when she was um in red too oh really hmm uh, that but that may that may just be like a, a technical thing just because red is such a red is a weird color 
on on screen. Well, I think her and and her undertones are probably different than the rest of the cast too. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. She was lit in a way that I don't know. I'm not saying it's on purpose. It's just something I noticed. Right, something you noticed. Yeah, um, I, I found myself laughing when uh when the what do we call what do we call the above ground family? What, the Wilsons. The, the Wilsons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when when the daughter when uh she got the head start from the doppelganger and she started running, they mm-hmm. built up this whole thing about her being a track star and then she starts running. I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. Isn't like that what it is for? Bad. Isn't that what we do with privileged people, though? Like we think, like we can do anything. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. And and yeah. literally, marginalized people have to run faster. Yeah, they gotta run <laughs> so. faster. Yeah, and so I guess that was saying something too. Um, we're, somebody was about to say something. I cut them off. Oh, well, I just yeah. think that she made a real bold choice in that voice. Is all I'm saying. Like now that I saw those people laugh, and I couldn't be mad because that was their honest reaction. Like. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a funny voice. Well, it's kind of like Bane. It's kind of like James McAvoy yeah. as uh, as the Beast. Yeah, it's like it's very, it's a very bold choice. That's, well, a, good, she that's actually, a good artist. She based it off an actual like medical condition. I forgot what it's called. It's yeah. like well, something dysmorphia or something like that. But when you it's like cord spasm. But I think it's like when someone it has a certain trauma it like affects their vocal cords or something like that mm. well, I forgot what it's called I, yeah I, I just kind of figured it was like basically atrophy from like you know I, you're not speaking English underground yeah. um, I mean I think know. it makes sense yeah. well, even, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that part like what, why did she lose her voice why well, wasn't she did, able to speak anymore well that's a metaphor so mm-hmm. so the people underground don't have a voice that can be understood by the people above ground, right? Mm-hmm. And she, the people, the, that was also why the little girl couldn't talk when she came above ground and she had to learn how to talk. Mm-hmm. So she kind of, it, it's like, okay, we literally don't have a voice. And then when you, you gain a voice, you gain more agency. So I think it was like, and it's similar. slowly taken away from you if you go right down below. Oh. So she still had some like some somewhat of a voice, but it was mm-hmm. it was diminished. Yeah, and then I don't know if you remember on the beach when the white lady was trying to talk to her, she and, and she had a she was like, I'm sorry, I have a hard time talking. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's yeah. like a if you if when you watch it the second time, then you would you'd peep that that's because she's the right. she was the underground person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, rabbits, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> um, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Did you guys rush out and check the scripture? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. And did it did it confuse you any, or did it make, no. did it make anything make more sense? It's a commentary on capitalism. Thanks, Martin. It was a commentary <laughs> on capitalism. Say more. Uh, well, I think it's like that that scripture or whatever that like that book is kind of about what he what they're talking about is basically the Jew or the Jewish people are in a. Babylon, right? And so they're kind of like assimilating into Babylonian culture. They're using their money. They're praying to their gods and everything. And God is telling, like, wrath is going to come for you. Vengeance is going to come for you. And you're going to scream out to me. And I'm not going to do anything. And I think that's what Adelaide takes as like her manifesto or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the one thing I didn't get is how she get a Bible down there. But <laughs> yeah. right. Poor people yeah. cling to religion. Somebody dropped it down that escalator. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Where's that escalator at? Because There's a lot it. of people upset online that it does seem like the only thing keeping those downstairs people down there was that they can't go down <laughs> up a down escalator. <laughs> I was like, I did that when I was six. It's not that hard. <laughs> I feel like those kind of comments are... 
I think that that's meant to spark those kinds of comments. Yeah, I mean, because I think, it, it, it like it contributes to the message. Well, it's and those like, are people who are not looking at the film beyond the literal. Like, you know what I mean? That's getting caught up in the rules, which I'm you can't saying, do. And it's all a mind fuck because you say things like that, but then they parallel things that people say in real life about what it means to be marginalized. We all have the same opportunities. If you just work a little bit harder, you can just get to where you need to go. Like I mean, I was just telling a joke, Lizzie. I know, but I'm just saying it's brilliant. I'm not I'm not okay. I'm not coming at you. It sounded like you so were coming out. So, wait a minute. When, so did the escalator only go down? So yeah. How did they get out? They ran up the escalator. <laughs> that's, what, that's the whole thing he was just saying. I know. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were saying they did. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, an escalator going down kept them oppressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really didn't get a sense of what the catalyst was to make them start coming back. It was, She's the Messiah. She, she, yeah, yeah, she led them out. Yeah, she, she had the dance or like, well, okay, so... One, both Adelaides had a dance, right? Of course, the Adelaide up top, she's a lot less like artistically gifted. So of course she can't whistle, right? Mm-hmm. She's not on beat, like she can't dance well. The one at the bottom was so gifted that the other one saw that she was special, that she wasn't like the rest of them. And mm-hmm. it's at that point that she started her plan to like come back to the surface. Yeah. Was she still as offbeat in the car as she was in the trailer? I couldn't remember. Yeah, she was still yeah, off. She, no, yeah, she's yeah. she's she on like double BPM. She's <laughs> on beat. She's just on the ends. Yeah, she's doing one and that's two off-beat. and three. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not out of rhythm though. It's not out of rhythm, but that's too much. It's called excessive. I'm a musician. You, you, you yeah, gotta you gotta play on the offbeat. I know, but like it is a weird choice to have. To it's do a that. very it's nobody. And also, like a, when they show the dance happening. Like the dance underground is like not good because she's yeah, hitting the not. walls and stuff. I think that's the point. Is like she doesn't have the room to that's really do it. I didn't think about yeah, that. She doesn't have the room to grow because she's. So why is the one yeah. above ground good though? Because that's like I don't I don't think the one above ground is supposed to be good either. Uh, I she think, just has she the said, space. She was like, I peaked at this. This was the highest point I could reach. That's a, okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to go back to that. So did something happen at age fourteen with the dance? Because it was it was they were very specific. I peaked at age fourteen. Yeah, I, well, I think she—that was when she stopped dancing or whatever—and that was also the same time that the real Adelaide like got recognition from all the other tethered. They started their plan, oh. so I think she just stopped dancing because she wasn't good at it or that good at it. Uh, so her, so her underground Adelaide's peak or Red's peak was her valley point, I guess. Is the yeah. equal and opposite thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just making sure. I, I, I didn't know if I missed, like, there was some sort of an injury there. Um, and, one thing. And I just missed it in the dialogue. One thing that's really dope on a second watch is you realize, of course, they're doing the Itsy Bitsy Spider song in the beginning, like mm-hmm. when they when she's in the, uh, the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. And you could tell the, that's the real red later on in the movie because when the real Adelaide, she does this song, she does it right, the other one can't do it, or she does it backwards or something like that. When the real red comes back into the house in that fireplace scene, she does the right song. Mm. I thought that was like a really nice touch. Mm, that's, pretty, that's interesting. I, I guess that's one of those things you catch the second time around. Yeah. Mm. Do you think the the underground doubles of Wade Robson and that other guy from Leaving Neverland were like, hey, guys, can we like not do the Michael Jackson thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a problem with this. Too soon. What... So in terms of privilege, like with the kids, what what were they saying? And was there anything that I missed there that they were trying to say specifically about the privilege? Well, of she kids said, or? "Go play." 
She didn't tell her son to attack him. She said, go play. Go play. Oh. She said, like, show him a few of your tricks or something, didn't she? You're yeah. talking about in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did say that. Show him why, why, was the, why were those doppelgangers so compassionate to the privileged family? Um, I, I think they were taking their time. They weren't necessarily... Yeah. Because she had been waiting for this opportunity for like 30 years. So. Yeah. She's well, savoring she it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, she. I think she led led the charge. And since she was obviously a more uh, smarter, I guess you want to say, you know, because she was used to be someone from above. I think she had more control over them. Right. Versus the other uh, doppelgangers were just, they were all on the same kind of mission, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, I more read tactical. A- yeah, I read a thought online. I can't take credit for this, and I'm sorry. I don't remember who said it. But Appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Um, that the doppelgangers represent something that's lost um, when you when you trade up for the privilege that the above-ground family has. Like, uh, the youngest son is always trying to do that magic trick, and he can't get the thing to spark, right? But the the uh, his doppelganger is very adept at using fire, um, match right um the uh nice i just got it that's good um and then the daughter the same thing like she's has this gift to be able to run but she's like i don't really care about this i just want to like chill and then her doppelganger is a better runner uh with winston duke's character he has i interpret it as he has this masculinity that he's proud of or whatever but he's nothing compared to his doppelganger and i think uh, and with adelaide and red it's the same thing adelaide considers herself like the only hope for this family, but she's constantly outsmarted by Red at every turn. I think that there might be some commentary there about you lose something when you when you become complacent at the top of the food chain. That somehow you're not your best self anymore. Well, yeah, I, I think Lizzie kind of touched on that earlier. Like when you know when you're less privileged, you have to earn it. So 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 like it becomes almost. It's funny with this whole Laura, Lauren Laughlin thing or whatever, uh-huh. and this Felicity Huffman, this whole situation of like her buying her kids' way, them buying their kids' way into mm-hmm. college. I think it's it's almost that same sort of commentary. It's like when it's when it's meritocracy, you earn it, yeah. you know. And when it's when it's given to you, you you dis, it's disposable to you, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and you don't even take it seriously. So hence, you know, Lauren Laughlin's daughter, like I don't even. I didn't even want to go to college. I just wanted to go yeah. to parties but, and shit. But that's so that's so real because because she sits in such a seat of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe not at the maybe not at the top top level because you know people got people who have money money they just right. buy buildings, right? <laughs> which is, which is what Dr. Dre did. So yeah, we'll, talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, you know. But she is she is at a point where she sees certain things as very int- attainable to her. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big of a deal. Whereas someone, you know, sitting in their house who is not Lori Laughlin's daughter is like, I really want to do YouTube, but I can't even begin to wrap my mind mm-hmm. around how to do that and why it's not happening for me in the same way. And they have to work harder to get that kind of recognition. They don't they don't automatically have someone who can plug them in with an agent or a management company in the same right. kind of way. So yeah, I I think that that's all very purposeful. Um, did 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 Adelaide not know that this day was going to come? She did. She said it. Oh, she did. I'm, she I was said, dreading I it her whole life. Mm-hmm. Dreading it her whole. Oh, okay. Because she felt like she had taken something from somebody else, and that they were going to come back and claim it. Yeah. Um, I love stories about like repressed memories and stuff, and I think that's like very realistic. Almost like I mean, how long ago was 1986? Was that 
30, 33 years ago? Yeah, 32. 32 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, you could definitely forget some stuff that happened back then, but you, what you wouldn't forget is that sense of dread in the back of your mind. I definitely didn't mm. remember Hands Across America was a real thing, and I was mm. five, so there's yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> the Phantom Menace came out when I was five. Does that make you feel old? Ooh, yes. Wow. You know what? I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> Even, even though I haven't been coming dumb. at your neck, I'm going to let you feel your feel. I was working I'm at the movie theater when that came out. I was, I was a freshman in high school. Jesus, Chandler. Sorry, guys. Why'd you do that? <laughs> um, uh, There was, oh, man, I keep losing my train of thought here, man. Um, so wait, were you not born in the 80s? No. <laughs> Obviously do I not. Look, do I look that old? I was born in 94. Holy shit. <laughs> Fresh Prince was on season four when I was born. <laughs> Holy I was hoping you at least give me like 89 no, or some I'm shit. No, I'm sorry. You, you didn't even get a whiff of the 80s. I'm a fresh 25 years old. Oh, fuck He's God. on the tail end of being a millennial. Yeah, I'm at the, the bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're at the very top, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So out of curiosity, just, just a little gang here. If you had a doppelganger right, that lived underground, what skill of yours do you take advantage of that they would be really good at? Probably be kicking people's asses. Be a way better boxer than me. <laughs> I guess video related techniques. <laughs> Such as they'd be edges. a better shoe collector. <laughs> yeah, be a, better, a way better shoe collector. Yeah. Martin, yours would talk way um, more. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a public speaker. Yeah. <laughs> Martin is a public speaker. Yeah. No, no, what were you about to say, though, Martin? I don't know. Probably. Um, He'll probably read a lot more books. <laughs> more books? Yeah. yeah. Comic, pictures, their com- their not- comic book knowledge is is through the roof. Oh, yeah. So They probably read super... I don't read that many superhero comics. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jesse? What would your doppelganger outdo you in? In filmmaking. In filmmaking? Mm-hmm. You're so fucking, like, plain. I'm <laughs> filmmaking. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Mine know. would be uh, like really self confident and have like great self control when it came to like fast food and stuff. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. we need to find your doppelganger. Yeah, guys, I gotta go home. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mine's would probably be like all extra fit and shit, <laughs> like a bodybuilder and some shit. Maybe like that Photoshop like, I did fuck, of you, bro. No, oh, what you did a Photoshop of me? Yeah, I think I put you on uh, Bricks's body. What? Oh, that's going on the instant KMC makeover. Say. Yeah, that's hilarious. Instant makeover. Have you have you heard this theory that might blow your mind that the uh the boy was like switched, he was a tethered? People the were saying that cuz that that look that he was giving at the end. Well, it's that and it's like they referenced that them they had been there before. They had been there maybe like a year before. And I talk. I took it as because the boy, the other boy, he couldn't really form words that well, mm-hmm. like the one who had the burned face. And I took it as like when our um, when our kid or whatever, when he's doing the match, well, he's doing the uh, magic trick. The other kid has a match, and he has a match by his mouth the entire time. So every time the dude does that, he's lighting a match by his mouth and burning himself. That's why his mouth gets so burned up, and we can't really hear him talk. And there might be a way that they were like switched out, and that's why he could control them and make them go into the fire. That's why they don't really harm him like the entire movie at all. I was wondering about that. I was like, the controlling part and the he didn't get harmed either. I was always very, very curious. Yeah, like, I couldn't formulate ideas or thoughts. But yeah, she I, I told noticed. him to play with them. She didn't tell him like everybody else. They was like mm-hmm. hurt them, kill them, but she just told him to go play. 
So let me let me make sure I'm getting your theory right. You're saying that this potential, what you're saying is like the kid, the boy, the one, the above ground one was really the underground one. Like they were switched. Yeah, at some point. I don't necessarily believe it, but it's an interesting theory. That's that that does make the. I mean, because obviously, you know the. So I interpreted the look at the end was, oh shit, you. It's it's our future generation like recognizing how fucked up we are. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. How fucked up when you first realize your parents are human. But what you just said about flicking that by the match and burning his face. That makes made that make sense because yeah. I was trying to put that together. So thank you for well, that. Why he was like yeah. that? Yeah, because so does he wear the mask because of that? Or it's a did, compression mask because he's burned. Yeah. A, oh, okay. So, but it wasn't just the inverse. Of, well, no, so I this, think I think too like him being so animalistic is meant to prove a point that people don't see marginalized people's children as children. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. Not not from a race perspective necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, in the space of like children do not, and this is my big problem with the way that we fund education in this country, and I could go on and on forever. Children do not do anything to earn their station in life when they're born. They don't. Okay. So when people say, I work really hard, my kid should have the best education, why? They didn't do shit, but be born. You understand what I'm saying? But people still look at children who are born into situations as somehow deserving or less deserving or more deserving. You understand what I'm saying? So they don't even get to be kids in the same way. Mm. There's there's a couple times in the film where Lupita shows compassion to the doppelgangers. And each time that happens, it's like a real genuine moment, you know, however brief it is. And I thought that maybe with that, Peel was trying to say, like, this is the real solution that that we need is, is to reach across the aisle. And uh, Adelaide can see that because deep down she remembers what it's like to be you that way. she feels guilty? I think there's a... feel guilty. I think there's, a, a, like, a sub level of her that feels guilty because i do think i read it as she has forgotten that she's not she made it out the hood right and i think that she that's a repressed memory that she rediscovers at the end of the film but i think she does still have that subconscious guilt like she doesn't really belong but why show so much compassion and end up killing your doppelganger in the end because ultimately she's gonna save herself right yeah, Any, she's a survivor, is, but I think she tries to. I mean, and when I was thinking of like when the daughter was in the tree, mm-hmm. like having her last moments, mm-hmm. and then she just kind of has a moment of warmth with her to let her pass, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just that's she just didn't how really I read comfort that. her though. Like she yeah. she does she, she says tried, like yeah. she, she like she like coos her coos. So do, <laughs> so do you feel? I mean, do you feel like? Because I found my, I did find myself saying that was like, yo, why don't they try to like have a sincere, you know, conversation? Dialogue, right? Yeah, sincere pillars con- of dialogue. I was like, I wonder if that would have stopped this whole thing. This whole thing, but do you feel like that that would even? It probably wouldn't have. Right? Well, that privileged, wasn't the privileged I think it's too can, late. Yeah, I think yeah. it's too late. But I think that privileged people, and I, I've said this about race more so, but I think it's true of any facet of privilege that you experience because black people are guilty of this too in different ways, right? At at different intersections that are not race. Privileged people can feign compassion and we, including me, can say, 
I want this to be different. I don't want to see you suffer. But if it comes at the sacrifice of my comfort, I'm not with the shits. True. So so it's like I can see that and I can think it's horrible and it can it can evoke an emotion in me. But like, how much do I got to give up for you to be straight? And am I willing to do that? Yeah. And I think that um, that's why you see like, you know, people can experience marginalization in one way and privilege in another and from their privileged position, still be shitting on marginalized people on the other side. And when you try to talk to them about it, there's still that nah, 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 nah. So, you know, I, I can use an example. I'll use gender, because sexuality usually gets black people upset. But, okay. <laughs> but I'll use gender. Like, black men and black women, right? Yeah. It's like, we all are experiencing racism on a sociological level, right? Okay. On an overarching, like, this is the way our country is set up institutionally. Maybe not, like, on a day-to-day basis, individual, but we're right. all experiencing that, right? right? At different levels. Right. Depending on the intersections of your the rest of your marginalization. But when you try to talk to black men about sexism, they don't want to hear about it. So it's the same. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. be like, hey, you're being oppressed. You should be able to understand that I'm being oppressed, too. And it's like, nah, 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 nah. Right. I'm not doing that to you. Yes, you are. Right. So understand. you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So even as a, you know, I don't I don't know. You have to be like a dirt poor trans man, specifically, um, a black trans man and dirt poor, maybe to just be at the point where you're just like, okay. I'm not experiencing any privilege or with, with some disabilities. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not experiencing any privilege. Like, you really have to drill down, 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 down. Right. To have all of those levels of marginalization because most of us are members of some privileged class mm. and live at, at certain intersections. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like there's another message here of, of how futile this whole thing is. Because, mm-hmm. like, in real life... Hands Across America didn't work. Mm-mm. And at the end of the day, what's going to happen to all these doppelgangers? They're just going to... They're going to repeat the same thing. Yeah, like nothing nothing good is going to come of it. And so I, I, I interpreted the the tenderness that Lupita shows the doppelgangers as being like, hey, this might have been the way, but it's way too late. And now we've entered this cycle of violence, which you see in real life all the time. Every few decades, there's like mass riots over civil rights issues or whatever. And then nothing happens, and then it happens again in thirty years, right? So uh, it's it, it's the American way. That's it's what the loop we're caught on in our country. Well, I it's think the human way. I think yeah, Martin made a good point too after we left the movie, and I don't. I'm, I'm making a point to say that it's Martin's idea, so that it's not like I'm stealing his brilliance. Right. But <laughs> but um, he said that they're both the heroes in their own stories, and I think about that mm. from our political system. Mm. Um. Nobody sees themselves as a villain while simultaneously seeing the other side that way. Right. And I kind of am really, really, really trying hard to unplug myself from that because it is futile. And and ultimately, like, it's a two-headed snake, right? Yeah. I mean, well, me as a viewer, I found myself kind of, you know, complicit in the entire thing, too. And then, you know, when this whole, when they revealed the switch, I was like, I kind of... I'm kind of on the red side. Like I understand the, the, you know, I understand 
what's happening here. So it, it, it kind of played with me as a viewer as well, you know. But what position do you see yourself in? If you take it out of the metaphor, what position do you see yourself in? Um, I mean, I think I have to see myself in the privileged. Uh, the I think in certain facets privilege. of your life you may be, in other facets of your life you may not be. Yeah. And I think it's when we do that that we can we can kind of say, okay, like, where are our gray areas? Right, right, right. But, but you know, you know, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing about privilege, and this is what I really appreciated about Charlemagne writing his book and uh -huh. calling it Black Privilege. It's like really, there's a, a, a there is an insane amount of privilege in your life, regardless of your circumstance. You know what I'm saying? And now, granted, obviously, when we start talking about comparative, the comparative yeah. nature, then that's where it, it, you well, know it shits down privilege, the toilet. Yeah. yeah, but but waking up and breathing you know is an opportunity to do something and what that something is 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 completely you know subjective to whatever your circumstance is but um it's all it's all privilege man you know being able to live being able to think um on your own so i guess anybody who's missing all their limbs and had a lobotomy and is being hand fed by somebody else is probably the only person except for what if this you can think on your conversation. own and, and you have cerebral palsy and nobody can understand you you're just trapped in your brain yeah well yeah so that i'm not speaking to those people they're probably not listening to this podcast <laughs> they might uh, be they can hear they're not deaf they're not deaf yeah well okay <laughs> <laughs> you say so <laughs> oh but uh yeah man so uh, i mean i think that i think that's the to me that's the genius of this film and you know going back to the triple entendre this film m makes you take a look at yourself, whereas like Get Out drew the line and you kind of felt like I don't have to look at myself because I'm on this line being a black man. And, you know, you know, Chandler, you know, Corey, you guys might have had a different experience looking at Get Out and finding yourself on, uh, you know, I don't know what side of the line you guys felt like you were on. I'm full-blown racist. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But it drew the line. So in, in this one, Thanks we're all... Thanks for joining all, us, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Know. Well, that's what people think of me anyway, so... Yeah. Just treasy. Yeah, the rest of us are smart. He yeah. took, well, no, a couple of people come up to me and said, yo, I, yo, you were right about Corey. No, say no, names. No, say, no, say names, no, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, say drop, names. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, it's not don't true. Don't do that here. It's not true. Yeah. Everybody just gets really stuck on, you know, the fact... Whatever Treasy says. Whatever Treasy says. <laughs> and that, you know, that sometimes I... You know, newsflash, I don't like something that a black person does in cinema, <laughs> but I like a lot of other things that black people do in cinema. So. Okay, I got I to gotta share this because it was funny. Me and <laughs> me and Corey are drinking buddies, obviously, for anyone who ever pays attention. Okay. We were out on Friday night before we went to see the movie. I don't remember what we were talking about. And he was like, sometimes my inner white guy shows up. And I'm like, yo, you're outwardly white. <laughs> like, very. So I'm like, I'm like, I mean, Ooh. hashtag very, bro. Very, very, very <laughs> but no, it, it was, it was, it was funny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. funny. I was like, that's a, that's 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 the level of 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 human that Corey's giving me. That he's like, my white guy is like very deep, and I'm like, that's that's, that's really really ironic. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, are we leaving it there, man? Is there anything else on pull off this? Or would you recommend this movie to other people? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I hope he continues to keep making movies like this. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about his craft for a second? Like just the way that the film's put together. I mean, I think he shows an obvious mastery of like how to put together a classical art. He is film. brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very it's Twilight Zone and Hitchcock. Like those are very clearly his influences, and right. I love it. Right. 
What did did you ever explain your third act fall apart? Yeah, I mean, we talked yeah. about that early. That, I think it's that monologue scene. That's oh, where it all falls apart, man. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I will say this because it is extremely frustrating. Um, just because you don't like something. And this, I'm talking to to, to the listeners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just because you do like something that somebody else doesn't get, maybe it's not accessible to them, but that doesn't make them stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't get something or you're not dialed into something doesn't mean that people who do see it are making it up. And I'm just really over those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and don't pull that. me into them. You're, nobody is experiencing this wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, whether you hated it or you came out loving it and it changed your life, like those are both valid viewpoints. Yeah, like, if you fine. if yeah, like it, the, the you, hate, you don't have to like it. You, everyone doesn't have to like an art film. Like right. you don't have to like it and and it doesn't make you dumb and and all that. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you, maybe you didn't get it, but I'm not going to, there's maybe reasons you didn't get it. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in that. Don't pull me in those conversations because I'm shutting all of that shit down. Mm. And I guess if you did like it, I would, I would recommend watching it again. You don't have to go to the theater, maybe wait till it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray, but it, it's definitely, it feels like a different movie because it feels a little bit more like from Red's perspective. And you know, like, Lapita, her motivations, like she could say the same exact thing, but you know that her motivations behind it are like completely different. Mm-hmm. Like the first viewing, it's about a mother trying to like protect her kids, and the second viewing, it's about someone trying to hold on to their privilege. I think that was like really dope. Yeah, that honestly, that's I'm glad you said that because I have to watch it a second time for that experience. And I, yeah. and I mean, I, th- you know, it's funny. You're right. Jordan Peele is a fucking genius for this because when you start he did to look back, the same thing and get out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did. The, yeah. Correct. He did the same thing and get out. But now he took it a step further with the marketing materials. Mm-hmm. It's like now everything sort of, everything kind of reveals that his agenda was right there in front of our face the entire time. You know. Um, I like when the, when the title clicked for me. I was like, "Fuck! Yeah, I should have gotten that." Me too. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 yeah. He's doing something different, man. And and you know, bringing this shit you know four dimensional outside the tube and um and into real life man so uh, hey, you could say man. he's peeling back the layers ah. <laughs> no we cannot say that <laughs> that was pretty clever though i'm not gonna lie um oh and i just want to shout out to yaya and um i forgot the girl's name who's on uh titans but he always makes these really dope like pre-movie like scenes or whatever like of course they had lakeith and get out right but of course they, they got yaya and um i forgot her name like the, the two parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the I, I love those scenes. No, it's like, what's his name? Yeah, I think it's Yaya or something, but. Is that the guy that's playing Candyman? Is that who that was? I don't know, but I know he played Black Manus in Aquaman. I gotta look it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a terrible role in Aquaman. <laughs> and he, I thought yeah. he was great in the beginning of this movie, yeah, like in a very great, short yeah. part, and he gets no close ups. And I was like, damn, this guy's killing it. But Black Mana is one of the worst characters yeah. I've seen on screen in a long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. I want to shout out to Winston Duke. I think he's going to be a star. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like him. He, uh, I think he's going to be somebody. Yeah, so. I like that dude. I like the way he played that that mm-hmm. the, this role, man. He just seems like somebody you could just hang out with, man. He I is playing Candyman, by the way. I watched a couple of interviews. Winston Duke. With him. No, oh. yeah, yeah. The guy you oh. said when you say yeah, yeah, I think yeah, 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 Costa. Yeah, me yeah. too. That's why I kept getting hung up. I think like Yaya Sisterhood. Why? That's funny. Um, do we have any predictions on what Jordan Peele is going to do next? 
Well, he's doing Candyman, and Tiana Paris is in it. I didn't is realize he, that. Wait, is he right directing I think he's producing Candyman. Yeah, he's, Candy he's, he's producing Candyman. Yeah, and he's hosting Twilight Zone, which comes out like very soon, April 4th, right? Yeah, 2019 is oh. going to be big for yeah. him. And he's writing for it, too. He's got Last OG coming out, or that thing. That started already. That Jordan, the, Jordan Peele wrote part of the new Candyman. He's not directing, though. Yeah. So from like his you know, uh, original screenplay, directorial, you know, his his third third installment where do we feel like he's gonna go he did race now he did privilege in class where is he gonna go next well i wonder if he's gonna try to connect all his films like mm. m night Shyamalan did mm. please <laughs> don't bring i i, I <laughs> just wonder if he's gonna try to do yeah, that right. these, these I, films feel like they're in the same world in the same universe right? class I, I is good that, yo uh, well i'm sorry i hate like when people compare it like because Shyamalan, of course, when he first came out, Six Sense, people were like, this is a new Hitchcock. And now people are like, Jordan Peele, this is new Hitchcock. <laughs> it's kind of like the 2K or the like the Madden curse. Was like, you say yeah. something and then they make a bunch of shitty movies after that. <laughs> I'd like so, to see him make a different genre for yeah. his third feature. Like, I think you hit it out of the park with two horror flicks in a row. Like, make a hard turn, man. Do a drama. Do a comedy. Like. He's been producing the shit out of every fucking thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's capable of directing other genres, I'm sure. I just don't know if he's interested in that. But I think that would be a cool turn for him to make. I want to I wanna see him, because he's doing a trilogy, right? Or was it five movies? You you know these things, Martin. Um, I think he said he had five scripts or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to make all of them into this. I don't even know if Us was like one of those five scripts. Because it seems very much based off of like the current political climate of like... People like he said it was about people always pointing the fingers at other people rather than looking back on themselves and what they did to contribute to like the world or whatnot. So I, I'm not sure, but I mean, if this was a one one of those scripts, he might have three more movies, something like that. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm definitely sure he'll get them like financed so pretty easily. If this made seventy million, if he does another period or if he does another horror film, I'd like to see like a period piece. I love period horror, and I think that'd be cool for him to well, do. He, had, he, he um, could, yeah. He had this thing called Lovecraft Country um, at HBO. I think yeah, what happened with that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I remember reading about that, but it's been a while now. Yeah. I, Lovecraft is exactly the kind of thing I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he could do that real well. Yeah, I read that book. It's It's kind of like... Green Book in a way because like Green Book well hold on <laughs> it's, not, it's, not like, it's like the actual it's like the actual Green Book it's like a guy he um he is traveling through the south basically but there's like these Lovecraft or these monster um elements to it basically mm. but he's a black guy traveling through the south through these different places well that might be an interesting project in a post Green World Green Book cool. yeah yeah it's shocking to me that this was Lupita's first starring role. Like I didn't, what? it didn't dawn on me. Yeah, this yeah. is her first starring role, man. It's amazing. I, wow. I think she did phenomenal in this film. You feel like she's gonna get a nod at the end of the year? Probably not. Probably I, not. I, mm-hmm. She did. I, well, we have to see what comes out. But she had an amazing performance. Yeah. She's 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 really good here. Very strong. But I think this movie overall seems to be less well received than Get Out. So I don't think it'll break the same. Oscar glass ceiling that Get Out did. Well, yeah, but they love Lupita. I mean, they do. Hollywood loves her. Yeah. I'm not sure because, like, the performances in Get Out, like, none of them compared to, like, this Lupita performance to me, personally. Mm. So I could see just her, just the amount of stuff she's doing and the fact that she had to act against herself, I could mm-hmm. see her getting some type of nod. Mm-hmm. I love that De Palma, like, deep focus shot where they do, when they do the monologue scene that I hate. 
where it's like it's really close. Oh, yes, yeah. very close. And then she's also in focus in the back I of the room. It was green. I thought it was probably green. Screen. Oh, it is for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I just it's very like classic De Palma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a really good documentary on them. Did you ever see it? Is that the one? That, isn't it on Netflix or something? Maybe, yeah. I think I have it in my list. Yeah. My list got like 400 things on it. I, I watched it. Yeah. I watched it and said, "This motherfucker's so arrogant, man. Mm. He was a, he's an arrogant motherfucker. Really? Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, he was part of that whole you know Spielberg, Scorsese, that whole camp. So yeah. he was obviously the weakling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in my opinion, yes, some he some bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's yeah, another. Carrie. Right Carrie's good. It's cool. Mission he did Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah, that's probably that's probably top tier for him. Yeah, that's top. Scarface isn't too bad. It hasn't really aged well, but it's it's cool. Scarface is really kind of shitty, but it's it's. I mean, I get. I'm not. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. With, yeah, I'm not yeah. disagreeing you with you that Scarface is yeah. kind of a shitty. Movie. This is pop culture. You know, yeah. a lot of references there. Um, cool, man. We're gonna we're gonna leave this where it's at. Mm-hmm. We're not even gonna do the whole sentence thing that nobody seems to like, but me. We'll do it next time, promise. Oh, we'll do it next time, promise. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, us, man, uh, we got get out. We got us. So maybe trying to tell us something. Get out of the United States and let's see what's next. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's on to something. He's in the Trump emails. Um, uh, yeah, man. Thank you guys for uh, coming back, man, to visit us for us, man. Hope hope that you learned something that you didn't see your first go around and i i think i am going to take your advice martin and see it the second time and i want to see it in theaters uh the second time just so i can have that experience of seeing it from uh the eyes of the underdog so yeah, yeah. good thank you martin <laughs> <laughs> well spoken the, the martin well, seal of approval yeah. hey, well, well, well read there martin um don't forget man jump jump up on our instagram man at kind of movie critics i promise you i promise you i promise you there are two 25 dollar movie gift certificates from fandango with the kind of movie critics logo on them and we can't wait to give them out so make sure you pay t- special attention to our instagram because that's where we're going to put all the rules on how to get them and hopefully you can take you and a significant other or your side significant other out for some movie and popcorn okay yes i'm going there um and and then on Twitter is Kind of Movie Crits and Facebook as well as Kind of Movie Critics. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you didn't already and tell three friends about us. Uh, that's your homework for today outside of seeing us if we haven't already spoiled it for you. And um, that's it, man. Hopefully you'll see us soon. Maybe you won't. Uh, but in the meantime, just remember we call ourselves Kind of Movie Critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.